It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. We love our dogs. They love to race. Check out grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhounds. This is Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski, Andy McCook and Ricardo Ball on ECNZ. A very good morning to you. This is Dog Speed and we've seen some dog speed over the past week and we certainly will this coming Thursday at Cambridge Raceway for the Waikato Greyhound Racing Club. This is Mark Rosanowski. I'm with Andy McCook this morning as we look ahead to one of the biggest meetings of the year. With grnz.co.nz you can check out the fields for Thursday's meeting and all of the meetings upcoming including today at Monaco. There's previews, there's reviews, there's news a lot of things you can check out. Videos, of course, of uh, past racing to help you find a winner. Stewards reports, etc., can do that for you as well. Andy McCook, very good morning to you. We've got a big show. Obviously, we're going to be touching on the Mike Stent Decorators Limited New Zealand Derby. But alongside that Group One on Thursday are three Group Twos, and just a wonderful support card thanks to the Premier Stakes put up, up on offer uh, for this meeting. Yeah, good uh, morning to you, Rosso. Good morning to everybody tuning in for Dog Speed today. Yeah, Thursday. Going to be an absolute boomer, isn't it? The Derby draws thrown up a few question marks. Uh, pre-post favourite Opawa Superstar. Awkward out in the seven. Couple of wide runners to the inside. Gee, I think the big winner out of the draw uh, so far, Rosso's the heart team. Those two uh, of his drawing one and eight. I don't think it could get any better. So going to be super come Thursday afternoon. And we will be checking in with Jack Hart very shortly here on Dog Speed to uh, just get his uh, feelings on the draw, the incredible run that the team had on Thursday. Four winners on a, on a day like that. It was just a full-on heart attack at Cambridge, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it certainly was. It certainly was. And uh, they were both good, weren't they? And, gee, if there's any improvement, Diego, Jimmy's only at start 11 coming into the final, Rosso. That was start 10 for him uh, on Thursday in the heat. First time we've ever seen him past a sprint journey. He's had a couple of 390-metre races down at Invercargill, but first time we've seen him over the middles, and, gee, he showed exceptional mid-race pace. He was strong enough through the line to hold on and run a 25.40. If he can improve with a second-up uh, run under his belt now over the 457 metres, then, gee, come Thursday, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, Andy, I think that's going to be a key question for Jack is, is to just how he thinks he will sort of back up. I mean, there's an argument that could say, look, he'll just be better, he'll be stronger for that experience. Perhaps an argument that says, um, you know, maybe it take a fair bit out of him and he, he might not be the same dog. I, I guess we'll t time, time will tell, but hopefully the kennel can tell us before uh, the time we place our bets because that's the key thing. Of course, we recall Master Portos, uh, the heart runner in box eight in the derby final are just ripping up a heat of the, the railway, but but come the final seven days later, just didn't come out of the boxes quick enough. 
and that's always been his downfall, uh, Master Porthos. And I think it's something he might get away with a little bit more over the 457 metres. He, he's not always the fastest into stride, and sometimes he can be one of the last away. But drawn the eight over 457 metres, that big, long back straight to get those big, lanky legs of his moving. Gee, he's, uh, he's unbeaten off the eight, Rosso, and uh, things look very good for him as well. They do, 25 and 29. It was some sort of time, wasn't it, uh, Master Portos? Very, very impressive. Again, we'll get uh, Jack Hart's thoughts on uh, how we might back up this time around. Can he get it right? Two weeks running, which didn't quite happen in the Group 1 railway. And uh, later in the show, Andy, um, obviously uh, Jack's got a couple of the uh, the favourites there. The outsider is going to be Dog 3 Mad World, but... It's a great story. Richard Waite's got this dog through to the final. Look, he's, he's had a dog uh, in the past, going back sort of eight and ten years, a dog called Barry's Way that made a couple of Group 1 finals for him, uh, ran fifth in a Waterloo Cup and sixth in a, in a Wanganui Cup. But Richard's been training for about a, a dozen or so years, and uh, he got these dogs relatively recently. Uh, they, were, they were bred and, and reared and broken in and got to the races by Melissa Rolden. Richard Waite's taken the, the litter over, and, and, and they're just going super. They've only just turned two, and... Andy, I just think it's so important that, um, that, that trainers like Richard feel like they can take on uh, the Fahys and the, the Robertses and, and the Hearts and the other stronger kennels around. And the fact of the matter is, Mad World's made it through to the final on merit, and he's lining up for a $50,000 stake come Thursday. Certainly is, and uh, yeah, agree with your sentiments there. It's always good to see the, the guys with the smaller teams not afraid to go and have a crack when the big money's up, and they go and have a crack, and uh, good to see them make their way through to the final. And to be fair, Ros, I know he was beaten uh, by nine lengths in the heat, but... Gee, he was very good to hold out a dog called Naya Bale, who's been very good so far through his uh, short career. And he's a greyhound with uh, some really fast times to his name at Addington Raceway. So it was a big effort from Mad World. And uh, let's just hope he can get an ounce of luck because uh, as we spoke about a little bit earlier, Rosso, it's not always the best dog who wins these derbies. No, once you're there, you're a chance. And that's the key critical thing. No question about that. And uh, when we get all these very good dogs lining up at once and they go shoulder to shoulder, things can happen. Mad World uses up a fair bit of the track. We'll talk to Richard Waite a little later in the show uh, about, well, just the experience and um, just what he thinks might happen come Thursday. He's pretty realistic about things. But I can imagine that he could have a, a fair impact on, on the the outcome of the race, given that he can get off the lids okay, Andy, and of course he does hold his line and push out of it. Exactly. He's uh, going to have a fair bit to say to uh, dogs like Opawa Goat and Opawa Wayne and even potentially Opawa Superstar. So, yeah, he's going to he's going to hold a, a definite key to the race. Rosso, keen to get your thoughts around Superstar. He certainly didn't look the superstar we'd seen in previous runs. We know the Fahys can get one turned around for finals day. You couldn't drop him off the run, but, gee, certainly wasn't uh, wasn't the best version of him. No, first up on the track, of course, and um, look, he's, he's been able to handle all of that so far in his career, so that hasn't been an issue. The main thing, Andy, is that he made it through. I mean, that's obviously the key thing. And as you say, we know what the Fahis can do in both this race, the Derby, as they have in the past, and other Group 1 races, especially with a, uh, a talent like this. So pleased that he made it because he is the, uh, the headline act around the middle distance dogs, at the very least anyway. Uh, but uh, you're yeah, coming up with box number seven. It, it suddenly looks a lot more open than it did going in. Having said that, it was always destined to be you know, a, a very uh, strong rendition of the derby, and you know, some very good dogs haven't made the final.
Yeah, 100%. It's, uh, it's a really solid year for young dogs. There's no doubt about that. And, Rosal, I think we need to uh, take a head off as well to the Opawa Racing Limited team. They've made uh, half of the final here with four runners. And, uh, gee, especially down here in Canterbury, obviously, but uh, they, they obviously have a few running around in Auckland and the northern regions as well. But, gee, down here in Canterbury lately, they've been a real force to be reckoned with. And it's not just one or two handy dogs that they're reeling out. They're reeling out dog after dog after dog at the moment that, can run low 30 seconds at Addington, 30-30 or better, and uh, and even some really nice sprinters as well. So they're certainly getting it right at the moment, the Opawa team, and uh, it's good to see them rewarded for that with half of the final. Yeah, and it's um, just a delight to see, isn't it, the um, the level of the uh, the depth of the, the New Zealand breads through here. Obviously, um, you know, Jack Hart with the Josie Arthur litter, uh, that's just such a fabulous family. Um, we've got a, an Australian import in there, uh, Hint of Mint, who's been a bit of a revelation since he came out here because uh, effectively uh, owner Vaughan Clark sending him out thinking he was pretty much a, a bread and butter sprinter, but he's been so much more than that for Gary and Sandra Fredrickson. But yes, Opawa Wayne, of course, a heat winner. Opawa Goat getting through, and of course Opawa Kirk from the Glenis Farrell Kennels too. So congratulations to Opawa Racing and to those who have uh, bread runners through to this um it's a really good final. Andy, um, look, uh, middle of the uh, show today, we're going to catch up with uh, Joe Hardy. It's Adopter Greyhound Month. Uh, Joe uh, and uh, Karen Wicks, they um, run Kiwi Kiwi Hounds. They've established that, had that running over the past couple of years. We'll chat to Joe about that. You know her very well. She's handled a few of your dogs, and she works, of course, uh, at Addington as a kennel steward. So Jack Hart first, then Joe Hardy, and then uh, Richard Waite towards the end. Andy, before we go to a break, though, um, look, we, we won't be touching a little later on on races like the Theresa McDonald Memorial Cup, which is another of the Group 2s on the card. And it's over 747 metres. Now, we didn't get heats, but what we've got is a really good final and a final with ballots as well. Now, no keeper is the headline act. He is unbeaten in 12 distance starts, and he has wowed us over the past couple of months. But there's a greyhound called Porsche out of the great staying uh, star Chandel for Arch Lawrence, and she's now won three consecutive 650 metre races, posted a, a really, really quick 37 and 22 the other day. Stepping up to 747 here, three from 3650, very fast time, not far outside the track record. We could have a race here. We certainly could, and, and the thing Porsche's shown us over those 600 metres uh, starts is decent early speed. She's burning to the front, doing it from the top, so Gee, if she's able to stay under keeper early because he's a similar type stayer, he has good early speed, good mid-race speed, puts himself in the race. Gee, these two might just go to war the entire journey for the 747 metres. And although it's Porsche's first go over the journey, what we do know is one man by the name of Arch Lawrence Rosso. He knows how to get a stayer ready. The fact that it took 40 goes to see this girl over the 600 just says uh, that he's put a little bit of grounding into her, a little bit of effort's gone in behind the scenes, and that's about to pay off. I'm picking we're going to have something to just give Keeper a little bit of a fright come Thursday for the first time in his career over ground. Oh, indeed. Look, whatever you've got planned for Thursday, try and put it on hold. Now, remember, this is a day meeting because the race is on at night at Cambridge, the first running of the race, Harness. Now, the Derby is going to be run at 2.39, race 8 on the card. In and around that are the other Group 2s, but right throughout, including the South Waikato Cup, which has got dogs like Mustang Charlie and Pedro Lee and Talbingo Bale, all of those races that pretty much must must watch. And right through the grades, because they're running for Premier Stakes, 
we've got a lot of travellers, a lot of visitors, and a lot of form threads through for some very, very strong fields and what will be really, really competitive betting markets. You are with Dog Speed on SENZ, thanks to Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Don't forget, too, to check out uh, lovegreyhounds.org.nz. Some lovely, lovely videos on there. If you want to see some cute pups, that's the place to go, lovegreyhounds.org.nz. Back shortly with one Jack Hart. Well, Andy McCook and I... Mark Rosanowski, we can analyse all we like, but we need to get to the kennels. Let's hear from some of the kennels that are involved in the Mike Stent Decorators New Zealand Derby. And first up, we'll call him Anthony, call him Tony, call him Jack. I'll call him Jack this morning. It's Jack Hart, who had a, a wonderful day on Thursday with his team. Jack, as we invite you in, uh, just watching that meeting on Thursday, uh, winning Four races on that card, two derby heats, and then uh, heat each of uh, another couple of group twos as well. What, what was it like for you sitting back admiring that? Um, to be honest, Mark, it was absolutely amazing. Um, we sort of we sort of planned it over the last couple of months. We sort of targeted these races. Um, we knew we had the dogs that had the ability to do it, um, and everything went to plan on the day. So, yeah, it was absolutely awesome. We were over the moon. Well, congratulations to you and to your team, and uh, let's hope that the good work is uh, is rewarded further come this Thursday when uh, the real stakes are up. I'm going to invite Andy McCook in here to chat the derby with you. Andy, these are greyhounds that you see uh, week in, week out, and Diego Gem and Master Portos were, uh, well, probably the two most impressive heat winners, I've got to say. Yeah, they certainly were. Uh, Jack, pleasure to have you on the show with us this morning, mate. We'll start off uh, with Diego Jim. He's come up with box one. He's a greyhound who we hadn't seen over the middle distance journeys prior to the heat of the derby. Were you expecting him to run it as good as he did? Yeah, we sort of we saw that he's run down at uh, Southland uh, a couple of weeks ago over the 390, and um, he actually got checked about three times in the run, and he came home massive. Um, so it sort of gave us the opinion that he would get the 457 and uh, yeah he turned it up on uh, Thursday absolutely amazing we were absolutely thrilled with him Obviously his big uh, his first big trip away from home across the boat his first go over a middle distance journey how's he handled it and how did he come through the heat? He's handled it really really well um, he's come through the heats really really well and uh, yep he's pulled up good and uh, we're really happy with him uh, hopefully he can turn it up again on Thursday Comes up with box one for the final. He's got a wide runner in three, so things look pretty decent for him to get a, a good run into the first corner. Yeah, I, I sort of seem to think, you know, if he, if he comes out with them, um, he could either lead or um, sit him behind, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, he's he's a very, very fast dog. Um, obviously, you know, he, he broke that class record at Addington there a couple of weeks ago over the 295. Um, so it was absolutely massive. So, yeah, we're really impressed with him. You've also got Master Porthos going around, Jack, and uh, he was the fastest qualifier, 25-29, and gee, he just gave uh, nothing else a look in for the entire journey. Yes, um, he's a very, very impressive dog. Um, I think he's drawn well. Um, he sort of hangs out a bit. Um, the eight box, he will absolutely love it. Um, I actually think he can lead that field, um, and it's just a matter of who can run him down. So he comes up with box eight, which is good. How did he handle his heat and the big trip away from home? And uh, how's he come through it? Obviously, he's had a trip to Auckland in the past, so it's not quite as new to him as it is to uh, to your other runner. 
you know, he, he's actually come through it really, really well. Um, so he, he's happy in himself on that. Um, so it's just a matter of uh, putting everything back together again on Thursday and uh, fingers crossed he can do it. Of the two of them, Jack, who would you say is your best chance going into the final? With the draw, I think Master Portos. But to be honest, I think Diego James just as good as him. Um, and there's probably, you know, there's probably a couple of others in there that would probably concern us as a power superstar and a power Wayne. Um, but yeah, you know, if everything goes to plan, I mean, fingers crossed that uh, they can do the job. Yeah, Jack, look, it's a, it's a deep, deep derby field, but um, certainly I'm sure you wouldn't swap your dogs for any or indeed the, the draws for that matter as well. Thoroughly looking forward to that race. Superstars being just that, of course, uh, during this current season. But um, I just love the depth of that and indeed the, um, the uh, strength of the New Zealand breeds in there. Uh, just going to uh, a couple of other Group 2s here and I um, might take you through the Lois Henley Memorial Trophy final, uh, Jack, and... You've qualified here, Victoria Lou and Charlotte Lou, uh, the sisters by Fabregas out of tea time. Victoria Lou was second to Freedom League, comes up with box two and Freedom League's in box one, just looking back at the heat uh, last week. Victoria Lou is raced by the estate of Ray Adcock, whose philosophy and training schedule you follow. So uh, I'm sure it'd be pretty emotional if you could get something with uh, Victoria Lou and the Lois Henley Memorial. Oh, exactly. You know, um, we sort of we follow Ray's philosophy. Um, it's about Ray's legacy. Um, there's no other way. We train his way, and that's the way it is. Um, it would be absolutely awesome if Victoria Lou could win it. Um, to be honest, I thought she was a bit unlucky in behind Freedom League. Uh, turn of home, she sort of clipped off the heels of Freedom League um, and had to go out. Um, but yeah, like I mean, she's a really, really good bitch. Yeah, look, uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be all on early, no doubt about that. Charlotte Lou draws up the middle here. It's not she's quite familiar with middle draws, to be fair, fairly experienced there. Uh, she won the faster of two heats in a twenty-five and forty-two, and and um, look, Jack, she she came off a, a you know a fairly decent sort of a break. How confident were you that she would put out like that uh, first up? Okay, she sort of had a break, and we've been working her up and working her up pretty hard. Um, and then we've trialled her a few times, and she's been trialling absolutely huge. Um, she is probably, to be honest, she's probably the best of the two of them. Um, I don't know if you know this, she's gone the second quickest time to the back market Addington when she was in the New Zealand Breeders' Heat. She went seven, uh, 17.47 to the back mark, was 0.1 off uh, American Warriors record. Um, and she will up the five box. So, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but... And I honestly believe she'll improve on the run too. Um, and same with Victoria Lou. I mean, it's the first time I've been there in that. So, I mean, obviously, you know, with a bit of track sense and that, um, they should go a wee bit better. Jack, as if that's not enough, you've also got one going around in the uh, Angus Wright Memorial. It's the, the Group 2 Sprint, 375 metres. And you've got Violet Lou going around. And, gee, to, uh, to be fair, she was impressive first up at Cambridge. Yeah, yeah, once again, like she had been out for a spell. She'd been out for a couple of months and we sort of worked her up over the last month and that and trialled her up. Uh, she'd been trialling really, really good, just getting better and better all the time. Um, we were reasonably confident going into the race. Um, we believe that she should be better for the run. Um, our, I guess our biggest concern is Typhoon Tim. It's a very, very smart dog. Um, but I guess, you know, if, if she can ping out and lead it, she's going to be hard to beat. 
What are you expecting from her early? Obviously, uh, the hardest to beat, as you say, Typhoon Tim. He's drawn to your immediate inside, and inside of that's big time Prada, a greyhound with speed as well. But to her outside's Nevada Phil, who's usually slow and can hang up, so she might get a little bit of room if she can come out on terms of Typhoon Tim. What would you expect from her trying to match it with him? I obviously believe she'll go with him. Um, it just depends on what type of run she gets. But um, once again, Typhoon Tim is a very, very quick dog. Um, it just depends on what sort of run she gets. But, yeah, it'd be, be nice to win it. Um, but, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. We're obviously going to need a bit of luck in that one. But, you know, anything can happen. <laughs> Certainly can, Jack. Um, look, you've got a couple yeah. of uh, greyhounds in race number two on the card, a Class 5 sprint. And, of course, all of these races worth winning with the premier stakes we've got. Uh, Pitchmark was uh, on the ballot for the uh, feature sprint after running third to Wheels on Fire uh, last week. What did you make of, of her run, and what do you expect from her this coming Thursday off, uh, off, a, off an awkward draw box? Yeah, I, I actually thought her run was pretty good. Um, I mean, she's not a top-class, class five sort of bitch, but, um, you know, she she goes pretty good. Um, just a bit of luck. She's obviously going to need a bit of luck in the running, but, um, you know, she's a chance. Yeah. Out of the uh, railway winner, Rosa T, and uh, next off is a sister. Uh, finished fourth in the heat behind Typhoon Tim, uh, margin back, and was at big, big odds there. Um, but has had that experience on the track, draws in box number three. Got a railer in one, but a, a dog who can be a bit awkward in, in two. Yeah, she, I mean, she can hang out and lead that field. I mean, that's the type of it she is. But, um, you know, she's obviously going to need a bit of luck too, you know, because, I mean, she's not... Quick, quick, but um, she goes good enough. And I mean, she goes good enough to win a race like that, you know. Um, so fingers crossed, a bit of luck in the running, and uh, they might pay the fuel bill for the trip. <laughs> Indeed, and you can build from there. Be nice to get something on yeah. the board early, won't it? Hey, um, look, um, exactly. Jack, um, obviously, <laughs> obviously Cambridge is a, is a long, long way away from, from mid-Canterbury. Um, so uh, what's, what's, what's the schedule for you and the team this week? Okay, the schedule for the team is that uh, they'll leave at 6 o'clock Wednesday morning. Um, they'll catch a 2 o'clock ferry Wednesday afternoon. And then they will go to um, Turau, and they'll stay in Turau that night. They'll get there probably midnight, and then they'll travel on to Cambridge. Um, the unfortunate part, they won't be getting the ferry until Friday night at 8 o'clock that night because, obviously, with the demand on that, um, yeah, it's a pretty hard trip. Like, I, I did Auckland uh, three weeks ago with Dylan, and, uh, yeah, I was quite, you know, it's a, it's a long, long trip. Um, but it's well worth it if you get the chocolates, mate. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Hey, and, uh, look, we, we wish you well to do just that. Hey, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, all the best for the week ahead. I know it's going to be, uh, well, very, very exciting, whatever happens. Yeah, hey, um, thanks very much for that, guys, and uh, to all the other contestants, all the best of luck, and uh, wish you all well. Good on you. That's uh, Jack Hart with Diego Gem, Master Portos in the Mike Stent Decorators uh, Limited New Zealand Derby. Victoria Lou and Charlotte Lou in the Group 2 Lois Henley Memorial. And uh, Violet Lou in the Angus Wright Memorial Group 2 Sprint Final. Just a whisper too. The Derby commentary just might be on. SENZ come 2.39 on Thursday. More will unfold on that. For now though, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk... Uh, Adopting Greyhounds, rehoming Greyhounds with uh, Joe Hardy from Kiwi Kiwi Hounds. That's coming up soon here on Dog Speed on SENZ with Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Oh, 
It's 11.31 here on Dog Speed on SENZ with Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Check out news, previews, reviews, fields, results, videos, stewards, reports, the works, grnz.co.nz. Yes, Greyhounds, they love to race and they don't mind sleeping either and they make great pets. And this is International Adopt a Greyhound Month, uh, April, and over the past couple of weeks we've been catching up with some really good people who are doing some really great work with uh, Greyhounds after their racing stage of life. I'm going to chat to another now, uh, Joe Hardy from Kiwi Chiwi Hounds. But uh, Joe, say very good morning to you in the first instance. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Good morning. Hey, thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, I know you're very busy with uh, all manner of things, but particularly greyhounds, of course. I just want to quickly, before we get into Kiwi Kiwi Hounds, talk about your day job understand you're the kennel steward at Addington Raceway. And, of course, that's a, that's a busy job because they run four times a week down there. It is a busy job. Um, part of a, um, a small but really good team. So very lucky to have that job. Well, it keeps you close to the greyhounds and um, close to the people who train the greyhounds as well. Now, you, you probably see too much of this guy during the week, a guy called Andy McCook, who's my co-host here, and I'm actually going to hand over to him uh, as we explore Kiwi Kiwi Hounds a, a, a bit more. Andy, I understand that in the past, Joe's handled a few of your dogs. She certainly has got a decent record as well. Uh, the day she started working in the kennel block was a sad day because we stopped training as many winners. Joe, it's a pleasure to have you on the show with us this morning. We're going to wind the clock back. Uh, how did you first get involved in the, the breed that is the greyhound? Gosh, um, eight years ago we adopted our first greyhound. We'd just bought a house and thought, yeah, let's get a dog. And we met um, the dogs, the greyhounds at Rickett and Market and got sucked in. And probably it took about three months to adopt our first greyhound, who's, um, his name is Sid. He is unraced, but he is just an absolute rock star. And, quite and talk frankly, us through the process. The that we have. <laughs> yeah, that's outstanding. I'm not surprised there, Joe. I know how much you love your dogs. Talk us through the process from that point on. You obviously came along to the races one day and uh, and, and started meeting people at the track, and uh, that eventually led uh, led to to you being able to handle them on race day as well. Yeah, it was a whole new career path that I didn't actually know that I wanted, but now, you know, completely passionate about these dogs and um, absolutely love them to pieces. And, you know, growing into the role um, at Eddington and meeting all the people that, you know, train, train the dogs, own the dogs, um, and just seeing how amazing these dogs actually are. It's incredible to watch them run and play and do what they do. Must be a really hard job for you, Joe, getting to uh, stand there by the scales and petting 100 dogs or more that walk past you uh, when you are at work. That must make things uh, really tough. Oh, it's a tough gig, Andy, but, you know, someone's got to do it. And, um, you know, it might hold up the line for a little bit, but everybody's really obliging about the, about the lady who likes to pet all the dogs. I think it's a compulsory part of the kenneling process at Addington Raceway. On to Kiwi Kiwi Hounds. Joe, uh, talk us through how Kiwi Kiwi Hounds became uh, to be what it is today. Um, Kiwi Kiwi Hounds came about, um, Karen Wicks, who is our program director, and I have known each other for a number of years, and it was something that we had talked about off and on for two or three years, but it was only in late, probably 19, no, 2019, sorry, that we got serious about looking into it and um, thought, actually, 
I think we can do this. And it kind of came about, it was organic, but it happened quite quickly when it did happen. We met with um, Candice from Greyhound Racing New Zealand and she was excited by what we, what we proposed and it really went from there. Talk us through the process, Joe. If, if people are tuning in and, and want to get involved in a greyhound, what, what's the process a, grow, a greyhound goes through? How do you get your hands on them and, uh, and how do people tuning in get their hands on one if they want to be uh, an adoptive parent? In the first instance, if they'd love to adopt a greyhound, um, they should head to our website, www.kiwikiwihounds.co.nz. We have an adoption questionnaire. Um, If they fill that out, then we'll be in touch with them. Um, After that process, it's followed up by a couple of phone calls and a home visit. Home visits are really important to us because we get to not, not only see the environment the dog's going to, potentially, uh, we also check their fencing. We can give advice if their fencing or gates need any alterations. Um, sorry, Andy, I've gotten a bit lost. <laughs> no, that's okay, Joe. That's okay. We're just uh, talking through the process of people wanting to adopt a hound. So, uh, so once they've had their house uh, tested and 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 things are fine and the fencing's all fine, where where do they go there? Um, after that, we have a selection of dogs allocated to us through the Great Mates program, and then we go and match the dogs to a suitable family. Sometimes it can take a little bit longer to find the right dog for a family. If, for example, they've got cats, um, some greyhounds can live live with cats very successfully. It's um, an ongoing process to train a cat trainable greyhound. Um, after that. We um, we match the dogs, then we have a meet and greet where they'll get to meet um, a dog or potentially two dogs that we think are suitable. And after that, the adoption process goes ahead. If they have existing pets, we have a foster to adopt program. Um, that's where they take the dog in, into their home and as, as their own pet for four weeks. And it just gives everybody a really good chance to see if the greyhound and their existing pets are actually going to get on. While it might look good in a home check and on paper, you can't really tell until you're in the midst of it. And as a rehoming group, we give plenty of support during that time um, to ensure that it is going um, to be, be a successful outcome. Yeah, that's a fair call, and it's a decent process. One last question for me, Joe, before uh, Rosso will jump back in. Obviously, you run this alongside a lady by the name of Karen Wicks. Now, did did you get the option or the choice of having to do this, or did Kazza just throw you under the bus and, and make you it? I'd like to say she threw me under the bus, but actually I think, you know, it was a pretty, pretty even 50-50, I have to say. <laughs> Uh, Joe, it sounds like uh, you do love it, and it's clear and, and, and evident that the, the passion you have for the for the greyhound breed. You, you actually launched at a fairly difficult time because it effectively would have been just before lockdown, wouldn't it? Um, yes, we officially launched two weeks before the first lockdown, the first nationwide lockdown. So we started with no applications and no dogs allocated to us. It was a good chance, though, for us to concentrate on getting our name out as a rehoming group. Um, Greyhound people are quite strange, and they have 
550,000 photos of their dogs on um, their phones. So we used a lot of photos of our own dogs from our phones to um, promote our rehoming group um, and the breed in general as well. And so when we came out of lockdown and we were able to start moving dogs, people had some idea of what we were about. So I guess it was a, a blessing as well as a curse. You, uh, I understand you've rehomed about 32 greyhounds in the last couple of years. You sort of have two or three at a time. Now, have you got anything at the moment that's looking for adoption? I've got a really special boy, or we have a really special boy at the moment. His name is Samson, but we have t- taken to calling him Sammy. His race name was Thrilling Samson. Um, he's about a 32 kilo black boy and he is just amazing. He's incredibly affectionate, very cheeky and loves a good ear scratch, is great um, with food. So we think that that will make him highly trainable as a pet and he's just divine. And you can find him under Dogs to Adopt on our website. Well, I'll be looking him up. He sounds like fun. Um, look, I understand, um, before we let you go, Joe, um, that you're partially funded, obviously, by Greyhound Racing in New Zealand, but, but clearly you need funds from other areas. So how have you gone about that at Kiwi Kiwi Hounds? Um, we've been very lucky in that um, I have some sewing capability, so I make um, fleece jackets for the Greyhound. As we're getting into the colder months, of course, Greyhounds having... Uh, thin skin and thin coats need to be kept warm so uh, we make coats for them they're for sale on our website we also sell martingale collars from Wufu Emporium they're a New Zealand business based in Auckland and they do fantastic martingale collars uh, for dogs and that's what we're doing I actually had a look up uh, the website Kiwi Kiwi Hounds yesterday and I saw those fleece jackets and I tell you what, uh, with the autumnal mornings at the moment, I'd, I'd like you to make one for a human. That, they look really good. Also, Joe, I, I understand you had a really successful open day at Addington and I'm wondering whether Kiwi Kiwi Hounds might look at doing that again if, if, if the world gets a bit more normal. Yeah, um, we had an amazing day. Um, it was two years ago and it was absolutely going to be an annual event uh, Christchurch Greyhound Racing Club have been extremely supportive of us as a rehoming group and they've allowed us to use the facilities at Eddington um, to show pet owners a, a, a brief glimpse into the lives that their dog had before they took up valuable real estate on, on their couches. So they get walked through the kennel block. Um, if they would like to weigh their dogs using the scales there, they're very welcome to. Um, then we do a track walk as well so they can walk the entire racetrack at Eddington. And we also have a sales table as well. We have raffles and stuff, which um, we use as fundraising. Unfortunately, last December's had to be cancelled because of COVID. So we reset the date for February, and that was cancelled due to COVID as well. But this December, um, we plan on having another event. And anyone is welcome to attend. Uh, doesn't matter where you got your greyhound from. And just come along and have a look and um, learn a bit about your dog's previous life. Well, Joe, sounds like we should be catching up with you uh, pre that in December as well. Look, uh, a real pleasure to have you on this morning. Um, thank you for your time. Thanks for the work that you're doing with Karen Wicks there at Kiwi Kiwi Hounds. And we wish you all the best for this month of April and beyond.
Thank you very much. Have a great day, won't you? That's Joe Hardy of Kiwi Kiwi Hounds. You can look them up and does on their website yesterday. And yes, Samson's looking for a home. Thrilling Samson. Andy, um, before we let you go, um, I'm going to be chatting to Richard Waite very shortly, but you are a man in demand. It's not easy. It's not easy, Rosso. Sometimes it gets a little bit tiring, but uh, it's just how it is, really. So, yeah, I'm going to leave the last part of the show to you with uh, Richard Waite. Would have uh, loved to have been a part of that chat, but trackside calls. And uh, for anyone tuning in, Rosso, I think Portland Timmy can win the first out of Auckland at a, a nice enough price of three twenty. Ah, good man. That's what we need. That's what we need. Build a bank for uh, this coming Thursday. You are with Dog Speed on SENZ with Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Don't forget to check out uh, Love Greyhound site too, lovegreyhounds.org.nz. Very shortly, I'm going to be, I will be catching up with uh, Wanganui trainer Richard Waite, who's got Mad World through to the $50,000 Mike Stent Decorators Limited New Zealand Derby this coming Thursday. And we're in the home straight, but uh, one very important guest coming up in a moment. I've had a counter tip, by the way, to Andy's selection in race number one, and it's coming from um, pretty much the kennel. Uh, dog number one, Steve Shout. Some uh, information there that it's going to run a good race off the inside. Gets a first decent draw. Let's Quinella at fixed odds. Quinella, remember, that's an option uh, now or indeed uh, go with the tote. One and seven, seven and one. Andy tipping the seven. Got a listener tipping the one. Righto, the Mike Stent Decorators Limited New Zealand Derby. $50,000 stake and it's coming up at 239 on the afternoon of Thursday. And dog number three is Mad World, trained out of uh, Wanganui by Richard Waite, who joins us now. Very good morning. Good afternoon. Yeah, good morning still to you, uh, Richard. Hey, what does it mean to you to have a dog in the New Zealand Derby final? Oh, it's a dream that's come true, really. I, um, you know, I, I entered them thinking, oh, you know, you should give it a crack, but, you know, it's sort of... Um, but a, a bit of a surprise when he got in, really, because the, of the calibre of the opposition. I just thought, well, he's probably going to find it a bit tough. But he, he did even right, and he, he jumped perfectly, and he put himself right in the race. And I was, just, was over the moon that he got in. Look, uh, Richard, you, you're not a stranger to, to Group 1 racing, because uh, you had a dog called Barry's Way, sort of going back a, a decade, and um, he won 19 races. He made a couple of Group 1 finals, the Wanganui Cup and, and the Waterloo Cup. The Derby, though, is it a is it a race you think that's that's just that little bit special? I, I definitely, I think that it's one of those races where very competitive, and it's it's one of those races which I believe um, is very important and on the on the racing calendar. And I think that it's a dream to get in those races because you know you only get the one chance of getting it, and and you know and you do meet very strong dogs, and when you when you come come in the heats and that sort of stuff, yeah. But Richard, you, you've sort of struck a blow for the for the smaller trainer, if you like, and um, I'm sort of wondering whether whether sometimes people sort of look at it and think it's a, a, a little bit too daunting. But uh, watching you with Mad World, who's only just turned two, make a fifty thousand dollar final, and once you're in there, you're a chance, um, regardless of what you're paying uh, on the tote or or yeah. with the book. So, do you feel like perhaps? Um, more people should should consider you know taking this on because as you say that there is only you know one chance with your dog be it Oaks or Derby. Yeah, I do believe that. I think that you know, like if you've got a dog that you think's got some ability and it's been racing well, it's worth a crack, you know, because they kind of deserve the opportunity. And and as has happened, things kind of panned out quite nicely for me today um, or the other day. And um, so it shows it can be done, you know. So um, and you know, as I say, it's it is a, an honour to get into those races, and so you know you, it's something that 
isn't easy, but it's 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 what you're doing it for in some ways. You know, you sort of kind of want to give it a crack. So I think it's good that you know I've made it, and um, hopefully it does encourage others to um, to um, to go for some of these these, these races. Tell us about the dog himself as a, as an individual. His, his name's Mad World. <laughs> Does that relate to his temperament yeah. at all? Yeah, for sure. He's he's pretty crazy, you know. Um, Miss Oldham, she trained him and broke him in and that sort of stuff. So a lot of credit's got to go to her. Um, she, um, yeah, he certainly is pretty full on. He's pretty full on when you walk him out to the track. He he he's a nice boy, but he's so excited when he comes to the, um, into the races. It's, it's what it's about for him. He just He's in his in his in his um, happy place when he's at the races. So, but he probably, if he was a little more um, um, calm, it probably would help him. But you know, he's keen. He's keen, very keen, and your arm's pretty sore after walking him out to the to the uh, boxes because he's pulling very. What hard. was he like for his sort of? Indeed. What what's he sort of like for his? What was he like for his first trip away from the Manawatu up to Cambridge? Yeah, he travelled really good. Um, the only thing was when he got to Cambridge, he was a little bit, what's, what's this all about, you know? He sort of like, he realised it, it was a different place, but I was a bit concerned that that, that might take a toll. But once once um, the stir-up happened and he realised it was a, a race day, he was totally switched on. So, you know, he he's, he, he knows what it's about, you know, he he enjoys it. So, um, it's certainly a, a new location and uh, the extra trash travelling, you know, there's always a little bit of concern how that'll... Um, affect the dog, you know, but obviously, you know, he, he went through like, it was it was just another day, you know, for him, yeah. Well, Richard, he's drawn box number three for the $50,000 final. What's he like to do from, what's he likely to do from there? It looks like he, he does tend to run quite wide on the corner, which is probably not ideal. So I would say that it's probably going to help the one and two dog a little bit. Um, potentially, if he, if he jumps well, he could cause some crowding for some of the other dogs, but again, that's if he jumps well. Um, yeah, I would have preferred him in a slightly wider draw, but it is what it is, and hopefully he can bring out, bring out something, something special, but, you know, I'm just pleased to be there, and I don't really have a huge sort of, um, you know, like, um, sort of an expectation that he's going to do fantastic, but if he does well, I'll just be over the moon, you know. It's, it's one of those things where I would have preferred a wider draw, but he will probably go wide in the corner. Richard, you've got his brother, Drunken Lullaby, in race 11 on the card there at Cambridge, and uh, he's having his first trip away. Look, he's been um, spectacular, really, since he came back, and, and he re-qualified, and, and he's been outstanding since then. He's picked up five wins, a couple of seconds, and a pretty unlucky second uh, last week. Yeah. What's been the key with him? Well, yeah, just, he had that little um, breakable enforced certification, and it seemed to have made him grow up for some reason. Then I gave him a few trials, so... When when we were waiting to, I'm going to get him back, and he sort of grew up. He grew up in that time, and all of a sudden, he just, he just sort of, I, I can't quite explain, but he just is quite a different dog than what he was when when I first had him. So, um, he, I think the um, the break was <clears throat> was something really good for him, and he's got a good chance. I think if he can sort of um, not get too far back. I'm looking forward to seeing him go round and rapid renegades on the first on the card too. So you're racing for yeah. some really good stakes, but the ultimate thrill yeah, will be I mean, that derby, of course. Oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm really sort of looking forward to it. You know, you know it's, it's, it's what it's about, isn't it? You, know, you, you want to get into those big, those big, big days and, and just give yourself a chance. 
Indeed, Richard. Hey, look, we really appreciate your, your time this morning. Uh, all the very best, obviously, with your Derby contestant, Mad Word, with a couple of runners on the undercard as well, and hope the, the winners keep rolling in with that uh, Corborn Brick <laughs> Curious Life litter because uh, there's a few good ones in there. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like the, the Grand Fantastic is a big fan. Thank you to Melissa for giving me the opportunity to race them. So, I, yeah, like, I appreciate the time and, like, you know, I'll, fingers crossed and let's hope that it all goes well. Roll on Thursday. Good luck to uh, Richard and uh, Ange Waite with Mad World and the Mike Stent Decorators Limited New Zealand Derby. It's a great race day from 12.33 Thursday. This has been Dog Speed. Dog Speed to you. No show next week. Catch you in a fortnight. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.